Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime. Your almost daily footy fix. Hello and welcome to Footy Prime's News and Such this Friday. James Sharman, Dan Wong, Jimmy Brennan, Craig Forrest here as per usual. Today it's about more such than the news, but I think it's a really important show. Over the weekend in the Canadian Premier League, Cavalry beat Pacific 2-0 in Calgary's home opener. A good result and a much needed win. However, far beyond all that, Something far more important than wins and clean sheets. Cavalry goalkeeper Monica Caducci returned to the pitch less than three months after being diagnosed with testicular cancer. Yeah, less than three months. It's an incredible story, an incredible comeback. And Marco joins Footy Prime today. Marco, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. As I always say, you say that now. It's great to have a fellow one not on here. (laughs) (laughs) oh yes craig there's not many of us we found each other exactly it's a bit like um that that seinfeld episode when the dentist becomes jewish to make jewish jokes right (laughs) craig feels comfortable no one else can say these things but craig can say it um marco in all seriousness you, you drop to your knees at the final whistle on the weekend, uh, your gaffer, Tommy Wilden Jr., was all choked up post-match. How emotional was that 90 minutes for you? It's funny because um, it didn't feel too emotional until the last couple of minutes of the match. Um, obviously, being out there, home opener, as you mentioned, obviously it was a great atmosphere and was, was just excited to be back in the lineup, but so focused on the on the process the business end of it right just just getting through the game and ultimately just trying to perform well first and foremost right um but i I think i said it earlier it was it was strange i I looked up at the clock saw we had 90 and realized okay we've won this game and then i got choked up a little bit uh a couple minutes passed i'm thinking okay there's maybe 30 seconds left before the referee blows the final whistle and i felt it again even more i i joked with some of my center backs i i was just like shouting for them to stay in just in a good position. Cause I was like, we're going to win and we're going to have a clean sheet. And that actually, that's where I felt it most, right. Where I was like, Oh man, I didn't see that coming, but um, that was kind of the way the, the emotions hit me. Well, let, yeah, let's rewind here a little bit. Can we, sorry, sorry, Craig, um, let, let's rewind here a bit early in February. Everything's normal, right? You're getting set yeah. for, for a new season. What was the timeline from that point onwards to the diagnosis? 
So yeah, everything's normal. Um, we're now in, let's call it beginning of February where preseason starting to ramp up, obviously during the off season, uh, you know, still training a bit, but like spending a lot of time in the gym and feeling great. By the way, I, I remember having a good conversation with my dad saying, I feel very good. I'm excited for this year. It's going to be, you know, a proper season. The first one we've had since 2019. Um, and I was just like, you know, I was excited to say, let's go out there and kill it and, and see what happens. Um, we start preseason. And at this point, I had noticed, you know, I'm starting to feel something's a bit different down there. And Craig, as you can probably allude to, it's, it's a weird one because I'm thinking, okay, well, something's going on, but I'm not too sure. Uh, time passes where, like, I felt a bit of an ache and then it kind of went. And, you know, an important thing is to check yourself out. So I'm feeling around down there and you know, you notice something feels a bit different, but of course my mind goes not to the worst case scenario right away. Uh, and then thankfully timing worked out well that, um, we got our just typical preseason medicals. So I'm in the doctor's office doing the, the usual stuff. Uh, and then, you know, our, our team doc just asks, is anything else you want to maybe talk about? And I said, sure. Can you check this for me? So after he checked it out, we go do an ultrasound about a week and a half later. So within, three weeks from really starting three or four weeks, let's say within starting and noticing something to then getting the doctor to check out him, you know, getting me into for an ultrasound literally a week later, which again, I, it is insane. It's different. We're, we're in a different category as footballers, right? We're just getting all this medical attention uh, immediately. Uh, but go get an ultrasound on, on the, on the Tuesday, uh, on the Wednesday, I get results saying I got called into the doctor's office. No, no doctor ever calls you to say, Hey, can you come into the office as soon as possible with good news? So to be honest, I uh, shit myself a little bit then, but I was like, well, still might not be the worst case. I'm at training by the way, at this point. So I'm feeling great. I'm feeling strong. Uh, we're just ramping up. Like I said, we're about a week and a half into preseason and I'm feeling fantastic. Uh, and then you get that call. So I go in, obviously I haven't really told anybody at this point and the doctor sits me down. And again, I, I'll say this a million times. He was fantastic. Our, our, our team physician, Dr. Robinson, just dealing with a situation like that, right? And his day-to-day -day is like, hey, you know, a guy rolled his ankle, let's check it out, his knee or, you know, injuries like that, but certainly not cancer. But, um, you know, he sat me down, explained what was going on, gave me a very clear pathway, which was I've spoken to someone, I've spoken to urologists at the hospital, go there right now, uh, go directly to the ER, they'll get you in as soon as possible and you're going to have to get surgery. You're going to have to get it removed and that's it. Uh, I went into autopilot at this point, right? I'm just like, okay, you tell me what to do. I'll do it. Um, you don't really get a chance to process those feelings because I was just thinking, let's get this dealt with. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to put that again into perspective, the ultrasound was Tuesday. Wednesday, I get the call. Wednesday night, I'm in ER. And Thursday night, I've had surgery done. And Friday morning, I'm uh, getting a ride home and walking out of the hospital. So it was a bit of a whirlwind, to say the least. How was your family, Marco, around it, and how did they react to it? Yeah, it was tough, of course. <laughs> I joked about this because, you know, it's not – I'm very close to my parents, I'm very close to my family, but 
certainly not a, a dinner table conversation where you say, Hey, I started to notice a feeling in, in one of my testicles and then, you know, I'm going to go get it checked out. Like you just don't, you don't say that. <laughs> so I feel you don't, a bit you don't know my thing. family, Mark. It's like we're throwing them on some, the table. Some people, <laughs> some, people, some people might talk about it, but listen, I'm, you know, the other thing I'll add is I'm, I'm an Italian boy. I got a typical Italian mother that's constantly, Hey, have you eaten? Are you good? How's everything? So she's texting me. Uh, the night I'm at the hospital saying, how was your day? You know, what are you guys up to tonight? Um, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, like, I'm at the hospital. Um, I, You know, I, it was tough, right? So I kind of explained what was going on, and I, and, I, and I let, you know, them know. Of course, it hits anybody like a train. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my mom is in medicine, so she was able to at least, you know, right away she goes, what are they done? Have they done these tests? Are they good? Are they going to get you in surgery? What's going on? So that was helpful that she could kind of process it a bit more. Um, but yeah, it was still, it was still difficult, right? I mean, the only person who really knew was, was my girlfriend, right? Obviously I'd had these conversations with her. Um, but even with her, I, I was, the conversation was like, Hey, where are you? You should be home from training by now. I'm like, uh, yeah, detour tonight. You know what I mean? So those, those conversations were tough, but it was difficult on them. But, um, I mean, listen, they, they supported me through it. Um, and honestly, it was massive. It was massively helpful that they were just able to, to just, to just to be there. And, and again, the process happened so quickly that I'm sure even to this day, they're still thinking about how, how to process the whole thing. Yeah. Did hey, you know, Marco, much about it? Did you know about testicular cancer? Did you know, were you aware of other people that have had it? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, Craig, because I think we, I think I did, you know, and I, I've, I've said this to you, I was lucky for whatever reason. I'd always been at least conscious about it, like to, to check myself out and to see. So obviously I'm grateful for that because I did get on it relatively quickly. Um, but not yeah, directly, us too. right? Yeah, not, not directly, Jimmy, right? Jimmy, Jimmy can't keep his hands off his nuts. <laughs> I think I've got three. <laughs> Give one to Craig. Marco doesn't need it. Marco, he yeah. doesn't want to get it. Right? Like, hey, I'll tell you, you what, between, between Marco and Stacks, I'll go to the highest bidder. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel better without it, to be honest. So, <laughs> lighter, you lighter. look more agile. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Hey, Marco, well, you know, you know you know, when you when you look at uh, footballers in the dressing room, you know, and there's there's sometimes, you know, guys have have issues or certain things and uh, we, we never tend to open up and we don't talk about it. Um, do you find yourself now uh, being a bit of a leader because of obviously what's happened to you and more or less saying to guys like, guys, forget about this, you know, keeping things to yourself. If you have an issue, you've got to go get checked right away. Yeah, 100%. You couldn't, uh, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think the, the biggest learning point from it all uh, was exactly that. It was like being okay with being vulnerable. Like we are terrible at it as men, especially oh, yeah. athletes, especially footballers. No one wants to say, you know, whether it's physical health, mental health, it doesn't matter. No one wants to feel vulnerable or insecure. Um, I certainly didn't. Uh, but this doesn't give you a choice, right? It doesn't give you a choice to say, how do I feel about this? So yeah, Jimmy, a hundred percent. I mean, now at this point, I'm, I think being open about it and being vulnerable with it is helpful because, uh, it's a sensitive thing to talk about and it's not easy, but I think, uh, like I said, footballers in particular, like no one, no one goes in and says, Hey, but you know, guys, I'm, I'm having a tough week. Can you guys help me out? 
it's not yeah like the stigma is still there and and i think hopefully with stories like mine and and now taking a role on that is that maybe i can affect that change a little bit right make that a bit more normal because ultimately it it was it was important for me um and it's certainly i'm not the only one who's going to have this kind of thing happen to them right although in craig's story craig's story is he was comparing lumps with trevor sinclair in the room. So some rooms, I guess, are tighter than others. <laughs> yeah, Trevor, Trevor had a, a lump on his nut and he had had a scan uh, a, a day or so before. Uh, and I was going that, that particular day. So mm-hmm. he was actually just getting a massage on the treatment bench. So we ended up comparing lumps. Whatever works, right? I mean, listen, if conversation, maybe a conversation is a good place to start, but then lump comparison. So. Hey, by the well, way, Stax, did you, did you end up feeling his lump? <laughs> he did. I, I tell you what, decent package on him, I got it. <laughs> hey, Marco, Marco, so oh, sorry. I mean, as, 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 as I try and, you know, deviate away from this pathway <laughs> but i mean at what point did you tell your teammates you know obviously they, they knew something was up i'm assuming they knew you'd gone for tests i'm assuming but at what mm-hmm. point do you say okay guys you know i'm gonna miss the next few months uh they didn't know anything until i'd missed so again you know i i was at training on the wednesday i missed training thursday naturally, naturally i'm at the hospital waiting to get into surgery and i missed training friday and as as we all know missing a day of training Guys go, oh, something's up, whatever. Missing two days of training. We're still in that COVID era, of course, but that's completely normal now, right? I mean, early on in it, I remember there were times where guys would be like, oh, maybe it's COVID. And it's like, we're whispering about it. Mm. Now it's like, if someone tests positive, you test positive and you say, I'm, I'm isolating for a few days, that's it. So I started getting messages from the boys, right? Saying, because at this point, only the medical staff and the coaching staff are aware of what's going on. Um, so I think it was that early the next week so i think relatively quickly naturally I, I, it was hard for me to be like yeah boys guess what's going on right like let me tell you what's why i haven't been at training but knowing like if it weren't me i'd be like where the hell is he like a couple of days of training like what's going on here and especially with all the hush hush around it i knew it was difficult so i think by monday or tuesday the next week i i was i was recovering at home but i got on a on a zoom call with the team and just said hey um this is what's going on. And cause again, it was really, really under, under the wraps and it, it was what, what I needed at the time for sure. So I appreciate the coaching staff and the med- medical staff to keep something like that, like a bombshell like that. So <laughs> undercover. Um, and then when the time was right, I spoke to the boys and that was actually really important for me too. I was going to ask you, Marco, you talked about mental health and uh, a lot of us played sports and Jimmy and, and Craig at a really high level that that place where you are hurt or ill or you know you're up and down and it's it, what was the toughest part for you and how did you navigate through it mentally it's a great question i think i think it was the uncertainty right it was the not knowing and i struggle with that all the time it's you know i think well, i think most of us do right we, we want to know what's happening we want to know what's going on especially as an athlete we live in a, in a field that's full of uncertainty. You don't know your next contract. You don't know if you're going to start on the next week, all these things. As I sat there and kind of processing everything, you know, now looking back, I'm, <laughs> I feel a bit ridiculous, but in the moment I was like, am I going to play again? 
like what's happening? I mean, Craig, maybe you can allude to that. I, I was just scared. I didn't know. I felt uncertain. And I was uh, just putting my trust in to other people to say, what's going on? What's going to happen? Am I going to feel all right? Um, I'm 25. I'm, I'm not in any way, shape or form ready to have children. But I thought, can I have kids? Right. That's a question that I'm sitting there thinking, now what? Right. So that was the hardest part. That was the hardest part for sure. Um, thankfully, you know, it's like one of those ones where it's like, okay, take a deep breath and just relax and you'll get those answers and things will kind of progress. But uh, the uncertainty of like what was going to happen, what was going to happen for my career, um, never mind my career, my health in general, what, is, what are things going to look like? Will I need more treatment? Will I need chemo? Will I need all Has there been spread? I didn't know um, for a little while. And those three, four hours of saying, hey, you have cancer. Um, and then not knowing if it had spread or what the next steps are felt like an eternity. So that was definitely the hardest part. Um, thankfully I did get answers pretty quickly, but just sitting there not knowing was tough. Waiting for results is always a tough thing. <clears throat> yeah. And now, and now, um, and this is a new normal and, and you know, Craig, this is something I think we, we even spoke about privately was, you know, now I'm getting blood, blood work done every three months. I'm getting some follow-up testing, which is just the process, right? Um, and and you got to get your anybody. boys and girls in the fridge. I think Craig I might, has I'm, some. I'm, la- I might. I yeah. might. Well, uh, as of right now, you, no. As of right <laughs> yeah, now, no. They, yeah, because you, you haven't had chemo, correct? You no, haven't had. No, no. That's right. I, I've d- just I, had the I did. So okay. the reason why I uh, had to put the boys and girls in a jar because of the because of the, chemo. Because yeah. of the poten- potential so yeah okay so mm-hmm. shooting blanks later on yeah so you're a, well you're, you'll be all fine you'll be fine uh, yeah and that's what i've been told right there go, they go if you got one healthy one then you're good to go my friend and i said all right well i'll <laughs> <laughs> just try harder <laughs> yeah, but it's uh it's not something you ever think about right and and um yeah again that that like uncertainty and the, the new normal but I was told, I was like, listen, as long as everything else looks good, as long as you're healthy from this point on and we'll continue to monitor, then, then you're all right. So that's fine. But again, you know, getting, getting checkups just earlier this week, I had another checkup, just an ultrasound to, to check up another area that they were questioning. Everything looks good, good, happy days. But every single time you go into those appointments, every single time you're poking and prodding and take some more blood out. It's just one of those ones where you're like, fingers crossed, right? That is, that is good news. And, and thankfully, so far, so good. I'm lucky we got on it so quickly. I'm lucky I'm in the incredible hands, but that's uh, that's certainly uh, a new part of my life that I have to get used to. I can it's, imagine it's, how hard that must be. So, Craig, go ahead. It's just so common. I mean, uh, most people, I mean, I was surrounded by it. I mean, the first time I even heard about it was when Jason Cundy was at Ipswich Town and he had it. Um, and then after that, went to West Ham. And since 2000, there's been three West Ham players have it. Myself, mm-hmm. John Hartson, and uh, and Tom Beatty's the young lad who actually passed away of it at 20 years of yeah. age. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's other players. Uh, Gutierrez, uh, Newcastle, uh, Stubbs, Everton. Yeah. So just people yeah. we know, you know, in Canada, Tom Green, the actor, the uh, comedian guy. So it's it's pretty. It's more common than uh, than we know, uh, that most yeah. people know. So it's very important. And I, I really thank you, Mark Oda, because uh, talking about it can, you know, obviously be incredible helpful for everybody else, too. And uh, being lighthearted about it obviously helps as well. And it certainly uh, uh, helps your family. It helps with your friends, your teammates and everything else. And it takes a while. I think it took me a little longer to uh, before I was able to really comfortably talk about it. Um, so... 
It's did, uh, did, did you find it. Craig? Did you find that the humor helped you though? I don't like just taking it and try. It's certainly not easy. The first time someone joked about me having one ball, I was like, "Hey, a little too soon." But, uh, <laughs> but, but also like you have to take it in stride, right? I mean, I think as a quick little story, it was funny. I was visiting my my teammate Mason Trafford, who, who were super close, and this was after, and I was recovering and and doing well at this point. But I think I let it slip just like casually. I said something like, just casually in conversation, I let it slip something about like, yeah, you know, you have to have the balls to do that or something like that. (laughs) And everyone kind of like uneasily looks at me and is like, can we laugh? Can we laugh? And I'm like, yes, I heard it. I heard it. I said balls. Like, (laughs) you know, so it's just one of those ones where I was like, every single time I hear one of these, I'm going to have to be like, here we go. Marco, was it then a case of walking on eggshells for your teammates at first until one idiot says something and then it's a bit uncomfortable, but then it's a case of, you know what, gloves are off, the sun guys go too far, and now it's almost that the novelty's worn off and you just, you're Marco again? Yeah, I think so. I think so, James. I mean, I think when I had the first conversation with everybody, again, it was over Zoom, so it was a weird one, but I was like, hey, I'm at home, but I want to tell you guys this before. And the boys were actually actually about to take off for a preseason trip and I I went into training at this point I'm still recovering from the surgery so I think that was a big one just actually going in and physically being there and everyone kind of saw me and were like hey you look you look good yeah I was, it was I wore a nice pair of jeans and I was like boys I'm fine right like I'm looking all right I was walking a bit gingerly and I think at that point they were like okay he's back right like I was trying to impress the guys a little bit but no I think, I think it was one of those yeah. one of those ones where as soon as they saw me and they're like okay you're in and around and then they were gone for a preseason trip they came back at this point now I'm actually in the gym doing a little bit like very very slowly right but doing a bit of work on my rehab and I think once they realized they're like no no he's here he is. He's good. He's ready to go. I think uh, at that point, gloves are off. It was like Marco's back. You know, it's uh, he's just not training yet. But as soon as I'm training, like uh, we were back into normal pretty quickly, yeah. which helped me, right? Which helped me too. Yeah. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to feel like I was going to get treated any differently either. So the first one I heard was when we were at the airport when Jason Cundy had it, and uh, player uh, Adam Tanner at Ipswich Town said we were at the airport, and he's like. Don't mention terminal around Craig, the best ones I've had, not nearly as dark as that, but um uh, the first couple times the first couple of days I was back in with the goalkeepers. Obviously as, as part of the rehab, it was, you know, my own stuff. And then I got to work in with the keepers a bit, but it was quite controlled and all that. And uh, one of the guys uh, took one in the nuts. And he's laying there. He's going, ah, typically it happens. Right. And he's going there. He's like, and he's going, ah. And I said, I was like, you think you're allowed to complain? I can't remember what I said. He's like, I go, yeah, it must be nice. Right? Like, <laughs> but it's just like any, anytime anyone complains, they get hit in the balls or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like balls. Yeah. Oh, must hurt. That must be painful. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those ones you got, you got to enjoy it. But, Certainly not as dark as yours. <laughs> I think a lot of guys, um, you know, that they avoid the, the, the self-examination. They fear what a procedure might entail. And, and Craig's really been quite graphic in, you know, what that procedure entailed for him and how obviously, obviously it's worthwhile. What was your procedure? The same, like Craig, they went through the ear or something, went down through some veins <laughs> and they pulled it out through his ear or his eye socket yeah. or something weird. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my procedure, 
is what, what I believe they now call an inguinal orchiectomy, which means they cut me open um, right around my pelvis. So they actually kind of go in and pluck it. So I'm no doctor. I'm not sure I understand this completely, but where as men, our balls actually drop out from those spots basically stay open for the rest of the time, which explains why guys get hernias there because mm-hmm. there's an, there's just an empty space where it can happen. Now they slice me open, um, go in through there and then kind of pluck it and pull it out. Um, I think that procedure now means they can grab the whole thing and it's a bit less invasive rather than going, you would think they'd go up from the sack instead, but yeah. they don't. Yeah. At least I was like, okay. I had no so idea. Like, I, I didn't yeah. even ask. Did you yeah, ask I said, before? Uh, they, he explained it to me. The, the urologist oh. was like, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, honestly, just do it. Yeah. This, again, at this point, I'm like, I don't yeah. care. You could have told, you could have done what James explained. You could have been like, we're going to go through the year. And I would have been like, cool. Interesting. But you Marco, know, like, where is it? Where is this ball? Craig also does so. Can I have it back now? <laughs> yeah, I know. I got a call from my surgeon and he goes, uh, again, at this point, it's still a bit touchy, right? Because they're, they're giving me the results, the pathology results, about like what they're seeing in terms of the tumor. Um, I should have asked. I didn't. You know, they're like, this is it. This is what we expected. It was pretty, pretty common. They said pretty standard. Um, and I didn't ask. I'm like, I don't know. Did you do burn it? Like, what? Well, I don't know. Do they just like, do they have like it in a freeze? Is are they testing on it now? I, I, don't I think, no I think Craig's, Craig's went to a grade 10 biology class. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Chopped it all up. Learning. Yeah. Or well, the West no Ham idea. Museum. Well, let's see. Yeah. 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 But honestly, in, term, in terms of the recovery from the surgery, again, it's just, it's just that little cut. So, I mean, it's, obviously it's quite invasive. Um, the biggest risk was, as I mentioned, um, and in, 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 you know, an increased risk for a hernia there because they've obviously just cut you open, gone in through there. Um, but once that healed, that was it, right? That was the thing. It was like, I wasn't rehabbing a knee or uh, a muscle injury. It was like, I felt otherwise my body, I was like, I feel great. Otherwise it's just, I just got cut yeah. open yeah. plucked out one of my Pretty nuts. much and like I'm, a hernia surgery, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah. what's funny is um, one of the boys on the team had this, uh, the surgery last year or during the off season for a hernia and we have the exact same cut. I was like, hey, look, we're matching. Look at our little, just different, <laughs> different outcome. But yeah, we have, we have uh, twinsies on the scars now. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, Marco, you're, you're a young professional athlete, right? Uh, I'm assuming your life's great. It was great before this. I mean, has it changed you? This is a bit of a cliche question now. I apologize. But do you, are, are you different now than, than you were three months ago? I think, it, I mean, it certainly shifts your perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, hearing the word, hearing cancer shifts anybody's perspective and, and kind of dealing with that. I think in all, I've always tried to be this type of person. I think I've, there's, there's silver linings. I've learned so much. I've grown so much. I've had to. Um, Jimmy, you, you'd asked about being a leader in the locker room and, and, and having those conversations for sure. And, I, and that's forced me to grow in a way where I'm like, I need to have these conversations because I almost feel like a duty. To, to, and a responsibility in a way to have that. But um, I actually posted something on my Instagram the other day and I felt kind of fluffy about it, but I also meant it. I was like, I'm playing again. I'm back. Uh, three months ago, I was told I had testicular cancer and I have surgery and I was, I, I was really uncertain, but I was like, man, I just get to enjoy every day. I get to play football. I get to go out there. I'm, we're in Edmonton right now. Not the most lovely place to be, but get to play a game tomorrow night in front of 
you know, fans and get paid to do this. That perspective has changed a lot for me. So well, the Edmonton fans would feel feel sorry for you until you just said that. Now they're going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was you know what was a really special uh, on that real quick was uh, our first game. Our first game was away in Ottawa, and I, I wasn't playing, um, but I was on the bench and got to start to hear my name in the crowd. And I'm thinking, are they like, what do they do? Like, are they kind of sticking it to me? And they're actually giving me a round of applause. And I just thought, you know, it was a really special moment. The uh, the Ottawa supporters. And, That's great. Um, yeah, they they, they were you know cheering me on and, and giving me a round of applause. But I think the the short answer is it's just it just taught me to enjoy every every step, every moment, whether it's my football career, whether it's you know my relationships, life, personal, what everything. It's just nothing's guaranteed, right? So you have to enjoy it as you go. That's been a blessing in disguise. Well, you know, we talk about the CPL finding its footing um, in sport in Canada, and that's always on the field and, and where it lies in, in the world of sports in Canada. But now we're seeing people like yourself becoming sporting leaders, you know, beyond the pitch. And I think that's really, from a selfish standpoint, it's really important for the CPL uh, as well. So, Marco, thanks so much for joining us. Um, great perspective. I know you and Craig could talk for hours about this. Um, we'll get. You, I want to talk about your career as well, but we have no time. But I want to get back on at some point and talk about your ambitions Life in Calgary, you know, the Cup to Canada mm-hmm. um, against Cuba. Yada, you've had a really great career. You've been one of the names so far in the young CPL. So uh, thanks so much, mate. Good luck for everything and, and good luck on, on Friday and those, those uh, vociferous Edmonton fans. Yeah, no, thank you. I'd love to be on again. It's, it, was a, it was a lot of fun chatting with you guys. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. All the on, best. Marco. That is thanks, Marco. guys. Marco Carducci, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny, Craig. We didn't intend yesterday to, to go down that, that road looking back on, on your struggle and your battle with cancer. It happens sometimes, but it's really important. And then getting someone like Marco on here, um, I thought was outstanding. Uh, a great spokesman for men's health. You know, quite, what an advocate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you could ever uh, pick somebody to have it and to be able to talk about it, it'd be Marco. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I we I did miss one question though, Craiger. It was uh, and the next time we have him on, how many people touched his package from the minute? Like, how you know, stats are important. <laughs> how many people would have touched his his unit that whole time? Like wow. that three week three week period where he was well, waiting to find question. out. I would I would think uh, a couple. Jimmy Pulling Jimmy Brennan would have been uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, depends. <laughs> Hopefully the room was warm. <laughs> I thought Jimmy's offer to both Craig and Marco was very charitable. That says a new side to Jimmy prepared to, you know, volunteer one of his nuts. Very nice of well, you, Jimmy. I, listen, if I if I had three, I would definitely I would share one. I'd give you one. <laughs> yeah, you wasn't. Gonna I don't give need one them now, anyways. You can take both of them if you like. Hey, I've got a buddy. I've got a good buddy, Mike. And when he was a kid, he sat on a nail, right, <sighs> and it, and it penetrated and cut his one of his balls in half. Oh. So to this day, he's got three balls. Does it work? He's got two kids. Jesus. Yeah. It was apparently like a science experiment with, with a nail coming out of a piece of wood, and he just didn't see it, and he sat down, boom, right up there. And, oh, uh, yeah, he, he brags about it quite a bit, actually. You imagine that? You'd be like a cat in a hot tin roof. <laughs> bouncing all over the place oh, oh i tell you what you know going back to going back to marco and i think it's important and, and i really liked what he said where 
You know, he feels like he's he's got to be that leader now and, and really create awareness. And Craig Craig's big on that as well. Um, you know, he's he's been there and he's, you know, when when Marco uh, was diagnosed, I think uh, Craig reached out and they had a, a great conversation. Um, and you need that. And I think now is uh, the time for Marco to to be that mentor, uh, you know, to to players in the CPL and create awareness, even for for local kids or, or whoever it may be. Um, mm. You know, there's a role for him to play, and uh, I'm glad that he's uh, he's rolling up the sleeves and he's going to take that that opportunity. It's important that uh, that he does that. It's good to see. I, That's a good young man. It absolutely is. Uh, I, I mean, I had a call from. Uh, uh, Tommy Wilder, the uh, coach of uh, Calgary, Calvary. And uh, he never mentioned who it was. He's never going to do that and, until it was uh, out to Marco, really. But uh, he did say that he had a player that had tested uh, positive for ca- testicular cancer and sort of, you know, just typical Tommy, you know, just always wanting to, to sort of get a understanding about it uh an understanding about how i felt and maybe how marco would have felt but again he didn't mention his name um but uh yeah it was an interesting uh conversation but i'm always available to people that want to uh ever discuss it or talk about it or who to go to see but that's you know really important there's a lot of awareness in the uk jimmy in football because of the amount of football players that have actually had it um there it's really really uh, grown these different uh, campaigns but over here you don't see it quite as much although there is the canadian testicular cancer uh, society and you're you're right craig and and the thing is too what what people don't understand is and well i'm sure that they do but the more you talk about it and create the awareness like even in that conversation there i felt myself having a little touch myself going oh just make sure the boys are okay <laughs> unlike most podcasts well like i said that every day anyways but it, but yeah. it's but it's important right regardless what it, it, is, is, it is the more you talk about it then you start going okay well maybe, you know i do i've got to check myself but if if nobody's talking about it you never do there's they, still uh, so many stigmas they, attached oh, and taboos around men's sure. health right and and mm-hmm. sure we're making inroads where it's better than it was when you know when i was a kid you wouldn't even talk about any discomfort no. down there so well, they we're say there, that but you're right one in there. one in three men do not check themselves that is a statistic so it, how do you not do you wash in the shower do you clean uh, your balls yeah but you'd be surprised you know if you don't really <laughs> you, need, you need a good feel in the shower is a very good time to do it because it's loose and you know supple and not like a rhino skin <laughs> You love that line. <laughs> Second time in two podcasts has come up. <laughs> it's a good one. I like it, the rhino. But I mean, Marco, as, as the example, right, you got it really early, didn't need radiation or chemo. Thank Christ mm-hmm. for that. You know, you weren't quite so fortunate, Craig, regarding that. But it's because he got it early, got it seen to. Drop mm-hmm. the ego, drop, you know, any preconceptions you have. Just get it checked out. I did find that he, I think he was lying to us. I think he knows exactly where that ball is and he didn't want to say it out. out out in public because Craig was going for it. <laughs> I didn't ask him if he had a, a, another one put in. Oh, right. You can do I, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he was offered it up, but I, we, maybe you he offered, did. Were you offered No, Craig? no, but I would have taken it. I, would would have, you I mean, really? I mean, why would you? Look, Craig oh, asked for big, four gherkins wrapped together. Purely to cosmetic. You know, it's not a real bull. Why would you? Yeah, but, yeah, but, 
if you're single you know, and you're concerned how a, a girl might look at you, I mean, that's come on, get, get over it. That's number one. And if she really will judge you in one ball, then she's not the right girl. Well, you just say the other one's hiding. I think Greg would ask. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Greg, if you would have done it again, you would have asked for a ball that would lit up, that would light up oh, like gold member. Pants yeah. dropping this big gold ball. <laughs> and something you could poke into it, like a, like a par yeah. for party tricks, like a pin. Or had or a remote, or had a remote so that you could have yes! disco lights and pants oh, down. Or, and or at oh. least metal so you get a magnet and do some tricks with it. Yeah. Would have been <laughs> a little vibrating action might be great too. Well, know. can you imagine Craig kind of bending down and lifting weights up if it was a magnet? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> His squats. He's going, I got something for you, folks. It wouldn't it wouldn't be that good because every time he opened up the cutlery drawer, (laughs) 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 he'd have all the spoons and forks. Which is never. never. My good one's (laughs) taking a beating. (laughs) No kidding, Jesus! You'll be down two in no time. Oh God, that's fantastic. Yeah, then I'll be wearing a dress, which is okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Hey, Except, Greg, very, very quickly, uh, West Ham's wardrobe. result today was a kick to the balls. Eh? Oh, God, honestly. Lucky we it didn't was. go down to the bar. Yeah, yeah I, it, I, I was, yeah, I've, I was really gutted for them. Really gutted. Yeah. It, you know, the sending off was a killer, and then they, they had that some chances. And was that, What was that call? Sorry, I, I got to the game. I was... Um, Fixing my, uh, putting in my dishwasher. I got a new dishwasher. Um, and I saw them. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. Red card. So, but they said it was a yellow first. Did it deserve to be a red? Well, I mean, you could debate whether or not he's given a yellow. Was it a clear and obvious mistake that it was a yellow or a red? You could say, you know, either way, if he showed a red right away and he went to look at it, I would I would leave it a red. And then if the, mm. you could argue, though, it's like, was it clear and obvious? I gave a yellow. I but it was saw this, it. right? It was a far call. Yeah. Oh, he went. Yeah. He, Which means he, somebody, they told him, somebody got in his ear. Mm. Yeah. Somebody told him to go look at it. And usually when that happens, it's it's not going to be good. Um, so anyway, uh, it's. He probably deserved it, you know. It was it was really touch and go, to be honest. And but it it changed the whole dynamics of the game and their outcome and whatever and their approach to it. But they battled and battled and they just could not get a break either, could they? You know, it was just it was tough. But on the other hand, you know, Eintracht Frankfurt, what a club! What a club! The support is unbelievable. That place was hopping and didn't stop singing the entire time and then they took 50,000 to Barcelona 30,000 got into their stadium Camp Nou and you know and they came over to London as many as they possibly could so uh, them against the Glasgow Rangers you know both clubs haven't uh, been to a final for an awful long time I think 2008 was the Rangers last time which actually I thought it would have been longer than that to be honest with you but anyway it's been a long time so both of these clubs are well supported and uh, it'll be a hopefully a good time in in Spain in Sevilla and uh, no fighting hopefully I bet you that the police are uh, are happier that West Ham and Rangers aren't going there in yeah, no kidding, eh? Wow, no kidding. We will obviously uh, hit more West Ham in the coming days. Um, Wonger, I guess we can't announce it just yet, but probably by the time of our next show, at the very least, um, there will be some big news regarding Footy Prime. You want a hint? Like yeah, we, uh, we've we partnered with a, 
one of the larger newspapers slash news portals in Canada to help bring Footy Prime all across Canada to new people. You know, our, our, our main goal is to stay employed and to spread foot, footy joy across Canada and all over the world. And that's what we're doing. So we'll have more to talk about on uh, Sundays slash this Mondays. just in show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have more to say, but thanks. I think that's a great, great, great kind of tease. And I, awareness. I Awareness. awareness. We're all about awareness. We are. I, I think the listeners would have tweaked that something big was happening when Wonga dropped that he'd just bought a new fancy dishwasher. Mm. Clearly, we're being paid now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Like uh, we, we said before. Great. We have great. a good time, but there are some really important messages out there, and, and we'll try and bring them to you on occasion and sprinkle in some inappropriate humor along the way. So, Marco Carducci, you are a natural in this podcast. Thank you so much, mate, and good luck luck for Friday, and uh, good luck for the rest of your wonderful and hopefully very long career. For Jimmy Brennan, Craig Forrest, Dan Wong, the absent Brendan Dunlop, I'm James Sharman. Cheers very much for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.